Today's podcast is sponsored by Youth Ministry Booster, an online youth ministry resource network that for $25 a month provides all the graphics, games, visuals, resources, and community support that you need to enhance your large group gatherings. Boost your youth ministry at www.youthministrybooster.com. Get everything you need to make your next teaching series great. Visit www.youthministrybooster.com and get boosted today. reflection in youth ministry. Whether you are 19 and are just getting started or have been serving in ministry for 19 years, we hope this weekly dose of honesty and humor helps. Welcome to After 9, the most honest conversation in youth ministry. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 75 of After 9. We are so excited that we've made it this far and you've made it possible. A couple big announcements for you today. Number one, we don't just have one, but now three amazing podcasts for you to listen to. After 9, When You Gonna Be a Real Pastor, and then now The Devo with Mike Keybone, which is not just a resource for youth workers, but for everybody. Students, parents, volunteers, devotional podcast stories, inspiring, humorous, and guiding you back to scripture to start off your study. We'll put the link in the bottom. Check it out. And if you want a little bit more, next Thursday, April 20th, we have an evangelism webinar for you. Yes, get salty. Learn how to up your evangelism game in your student ministry. Some great guests on that. Link in the bottom. It's free. It's awesome. Please check it out. But now, without further ado, please enjoy this interview with our new friend, Head of Youth Ministry for Lifeway, Ben Trueblood. Hey everybody, welcome to another interview on After Nine with oh man. I, I've been excited about this. I've, I've been I've been talking with Chad. I told him I was like, there's somebody that I really want to interview because he's just got a lot of stuff going on. We finally got it coordinated. We're sitting down, we're talking. Ladies and gentlemen, I, I what, head of student ministry for Lifeway, all around student ministry chancellor, uh Ben Trueblood <laughs> with us today on After Nine. Say hello, Ben. Hey guys, what's up? I'm really, really glad to be with you on the After Nine Pod. Chancellor. Man, I, I Chan- that's one that's ne- never <laughs> I've never heard before. I'm I'm gonna change my Twitter profile right now. Good, good. Chancellor SM. Yeah, <laughs> Chancellor SM at Lifeway, uh, Ben Trueblood. Well, man, that's one of those I think we talk about a lot is that like we have people that come on the show and like they're either in the trenches, trenches of youth ministry right now or they used to do some stuff and they're doing some different stuff. But I think for a lot of people that listen, we probably know your name from Lifeway stuff. Either you're putting on free conferences or you've got resources or a really great network that we'll talk about at the end of the podcast. But like you, you used to be, and st- I mean, obviously you're very much a part of student ministry and student pastors, but you used to be like us. Yeah, man. <laughs> you used to be in the train and not so long ago, right? Like not so long ago, oh, oh, young Ben was wandering, you know, the halls and having many after nine questions, right? right? <laughs> no doubt. So I was a, a student pastor. That's the way I started off after, uh, a- after high school and did the internship in college kind of thing. And uh, went straight into uh, to a church. So, aside from a break uh, to work and drive a forklift at Sam's Club there yes. uh, early on, and uh, like right after the internship, man, all I've ever known really is uh, is doing student ministry. Um, so served 13 years in the local church before coming to Lifeway. Been here five awesome. years now. 
this month actually is my awesome. is my five year anniversary. So super excited about that. Um, and then for the first little bit uh, when I came to Lifeway, uh, I was. Uh, helping a church plant do student yeah, ministry, okay. kind of get their volunteers, their volunteer teams set up and things like that. And then it, it became really clear, like, hey, you're you're gone a lot and you travel with this new job. So like yeah. maybe <laughs> maybe you shouldn't call me a student pastor. Oh, so did they fire you? Now, did they fire you? Oh, that's no, great. <laughs> I went to them. I went to them oh, okay, and said, okay, okay. <laughs> you guys are calling me a student pastor and I'm not pastoring anybody right now. I- I'm barely here. (laughs) Yeah. So like, I'm going to get your stuff set up with volunteer and I'm going to move on. So that's the way that went down. Um, it was a, it was a great, man, it's a great church here in our area, uh, doing good stuff. But yeah, so that's in a nutshell, that's my student ministry history. And then right now I I teach a group of 12th grade boys every Sunday morning. So still involved that way. Man, I love I love it when there's like quote unquote pro small group leaders, right? Like that's one of those like it's it's such a valuable <laughs> asset because like you totally whatever youth pastor you're working with, I'm sure that he or she is like, oh hey Ben, uh, make sure to grab that half sheet and get those questions answered by those kids. And you're like, I got it, I totally get it. <laughs> Man, I just kind of hope I'm not annoying, you know? Like oh, yeah. I just kind of keep myself and do what I'm supposed to do and. Like at the very beginning, I was like, hey, use me however you want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not going to ask for things. So just come to me if you need something. Okay. So okay, I, cool. Know, cool. Play it low key. Playing it low key. Yeah. Well, Ben, obviously super committed to youth ministry. You've been serving for almost 20 years in a variety of capacities. But like, what got you into youth ministry? Because that's one of the things that like, we, we need we need the origin story, the backstory. Because I mean, obviously, you know, there's a lot of forklifts that could be driven. So like, why? <laughs> <laughs> why are you why are you serving in student ministry? Why have you had an unshakable call to keep committed to student ministry? Man, I think un, unshakable is a strong uh okay. a strong <laughs> word there um that that we may talk about here in just in just a little bit. Maybe with the next question even. But okay. um I, man, my call to ministry, I was saved as a high school student. Okay. Uh, the October of my senior year, 1995. I was one of those kids, and you have them in all student ministries, right? Grew up around the church, in church all the time, there all the time. Like all the leaders thought that I was like this leader kid because I was, you know, in the room always, which it's maybe we should change the qualifications for leadership, like if that's all it takes. Leadership and attendance, the same. Yeah. (laughs) No, no, they're not. But they were for me, I guess. And so uh, like I was, that was me as a kid. I was just a religious kid, um, but no relationship with Jesus at all. I knew it. Uh, It wasn't something I pursued. It wasn't something I thought about. And uh, senior year of high school, um, the Lord just said, hey, what are you doing? Like mm. it's time to either like ride the horse or get off kind of thing, you know, like yeah, it's, okay. it's let, let's do this thing or you just go on about your way. And, uh, it just broke me. And, and so that, you know, placed my faith in, in the Lord at that moment. And, and it was really quickly after that, that God mm. said, Hey, I, I want you, uh, to spend your life ministering to teenagers, pouring into mm. teenagers, pouring into those who would impact teenagers. Mm. Uh, I was, uh, I, in, in our student ministry, great student ministry. Um, I think they loved us. I think they, they poured into us, but I wasn't really challenged with the reality that as a teenager, I could have an impact on the people around me and even on the world. And so that kind of was the thing that, 
that God put in my heart, like challenge teenagers that you work with, point them to Jesus and, and, and show them that they can change the world right now. It's not like a holding tank. So those, those are kind of the things that, that got me into it. That's good, man. Well, that's, I think that's one of the things that we, we kind of see as a kind of recurring pattern for the call of youth ministry. Either it's, uh, you didn't have it and you want to give it to somebody else because you're just speaking out of that kind of like that scarcity, that absence, or you see what it could be and you are just like motivated by its potential, right? Yeah. Like I just, I, I hear so many youth pastors kind of echo that sentiment of like, oh, this could be so much. And this is why I have to be in the middle of it because there's just, it's just raw with potential. I love that. Absolutely. You know, I think there's a dangerous side of that too, because I, I think there's a, there's a thing that's like, man, I didn't have this as a, as a student or as a teenager and I want to do that. And so that means I need to be a youth pastor. Well, yeah, okay. sometimes it does, but not always. And so like okay. one of the best pieces of advice that I ever received was if you can be happy doing anything else, go do it. Do it. <laughs> yeah, because the, I mean, it's, there's, it's so challenging, right? Like you, it's, you yeah. face things that no, nobody else faces. You deal with stuff that, that, that is difficult and heart wrenching and you, there's gotta be a call there or you're going to drown. That's right. And that's right. And that's one of those. And we'll get into it in just a little bit. If there's not the call, um, it is going to be really easy to walk away, which is I hear that as a freedom Walk away. Yeah. If the call, if the call feels absent, feel free to like excuse yourself. No, that's good, man. But obviously had 18 plus 13 plus years of serving a youth ministry, uh, hit, hit us with the high note. What was your favorite moment? I mean, serving like, like, I mean, if you serve that young for 13 years, something really amazing or hilarious is going to happen or mishappen or something. <laughs> yeah, man, there's probably more, more low lights than high, than highlights. I oh. guess. No. Uh, I'll, I'll give you two. One, okay. um, one that I'm like kind of ashamed about, but it's still a highlight for me. And then, and then one that I'm like, I look back with fondness and for the rest of my life will say, man, God allowed me to be some, be part mm. of something that was really cool. Mm. So the first one, um, involves a game. Okay. Right? So, uh, man, I, this was 12, 13 years ago. Uh, okay. we were going to camp and, uh, myself and a couple of interns, we were like, we got to come up with this game. It's gotta, it's gotta take up an hour. It's gotta involve all the students and it's gotta be like team driven. Okay. Okay. What in the world are we going to do? And, High uh, bar. Love it. Love it. <laughs> and, uh, our camp, we, uh, we had this crazy idea the church was in Arkansas and we said, Hey, let's get on a bus and let's drive to Colorado and do summer camp. At a ski slope, you know, there's no snow and they're just trying to fill beds. So you get a pretty decent rate, but yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not like they don't do camp. So it's not really conducive to that environment. Anyway, whatever. So <laughs> there's not like camp activities like around the campus. It's just slopes. <laughs> no. So we're at Keystone and these condos and we're trying to figure out, man, how are we going to put a game in that environment? So we came up with what I consider to be the best relay race in the history of student ministry. Yes. yes. It's called the Wienerthon. All right. <laughs> It is, uh, you use a hot dog as the, sure, as yeah. the baton that you yeah. pass around. Um, and there are stations, all of which involve hot dog or hot dog related items. So the very first thing that you do right out of the gate is you have a baby pool with like 75 pounds of wet spaghetti noodles in it. And you bury the hot dog in the spaghetti noodles, right? And you, 
the the first person. So it's like teams of 20 or whatever, or teams of five. It doesn't really matter. But you can, uh, they dive into the spaghetti noodles and find what we called the wiener ton instead of baton because you know, it's all about the hot dog at this point, right? Because it's, you've got to be punny, right? If you're going to have a hot dog related contest, it's got to be punny. Yeah, you've got to go all the way with something like this. So we had a station where you have to like chug the can of beanie weenies. You remember those things that's like gas station food. And then yep. you had, we had the, the hall of hot lean. or cold. They're terrible. Hot or cold. No, no good. <laughs> no, We had the, uh, a trivia station that was called the hall of ween intelligence where they had to answer hot dog related trivia. Perfect. Uh, if you get it right, like we subtract time off the end of your race. Yes. And so you take this, this hot dog through all of these things. And, and then at the end, the last person eats the hot dog that you've been carrying around throughout the whole all day in, yeah. in the sun being handled by 80 people. Per- yep. Yep. Okay. Yeah. In and out of the <laughs> lake and all this stuff. So yeah, so it's, that was, that was the wiener thon. And I'm proud to say, and this is, this is where, this is where the pride really comes in. That relay race is, has spread to other churches Uh, and is still being run by staff members that I've had throughout the years. Cause I, I did this at different church. Like we did it there. We did it at church in Virginia. People that worked for for me with and alongside me in Arkansas are doing Wienerthon where they are and people in Virginia are doing. So like, this is a, I'm hoping one day that I just show up at some church to do like consulting or speak or something. And they're like, Hey, what do you think of the Wienerthon? And I'll be like, Man, I think it's the best thing ever. So that's 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 definitely one of the highlights. And the course was like a mile and a half long. So these kids were falling out oh, at the end man. of it. It was amazing. Yeah. All right, ladies and gentlemen of After Nine, yeah, you heard it here. National qualifiers for the Wienerthon uh, 2018 start this <laughs> fall. So have your summer camp attendees send their regional delegates to the qualifier this fall. If you can queue for 2018, we'll have a nationals, and uh, Ben Trueblood himself will be there to hand you the golden wiener. <laughs> That's right, dude. It was. Uh... It, it was Warrior Dash before Warrior Dash was cool. Oh, my gosh. No, that's great. Oh, and the fact that it was at an off-season Colorado ski slopes <laughs> that was the beginning. Perfect. It, Perfect. it was great. So I still have uh, – we made T-shirts for that first year. Uh, as you do. As you do. Of course. <laughs> and we drew the map on the back of the T-shirt. Nice. I still have it. Nice. It's okay. uh, it's amazing. So that was the other one. The the actual spiritual one. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's good enough. That's it. <laughs> thanks. We'll see you next time. Yeah, thanks everybody. Um the the actual spiritual the, the one that'll stick with me uh forever. Um we had a group of of guys. I was 5 years at the church uh, that I served in Virginia just before coming to Lifeway. And we had a group of guys uh that we poured into that whole time and uh small group um, we, we called it the brotherhood. Uh, and you know, it was one of those, like everybody's invited, but you know, that only a few are going to come to this. It was like 6am. We met at Hardy's, uh, one day before school. Uh, and this group just became really tight. Uh, and, and it was, you know, when you're a student pastor and there are a lot of, a lot of kids running around and you're pouring into adults and leaders, sometimes you wonder like, man, am I, am I really disciple? Like, I know I'm discipling by extension and I know I'm doing Ephesians four, like I'm supposed to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. Like, I know I'm doing what I'm supposed to do, but like, I still want to disciple kids like my, like myself. Like I want to be 
in their lives. Yeah, and yeah. That's what this group of students was. And we can't do that with everybody, but we we were able to do that with this group and we were able to do some really special things with them and it was just man, it was it was discipling them in in how to be a man and and what God calls us to as men and it was just a really rich time. Most of those guys are serving uh, in full-time in full-time ministry, some of them in student ministry, some of them in worship ministry. So it was just Man, I, I look back on those mornings at Hardee's uh, yeah. with a lot of a lot of good memories and a lot of of heart condition that remains mm. because of the Hardee's. But that's mm. uh, you know uh, a solid hearty breakfast is <laughs> is a, it's a it's a critical thing for for good discipleship. Yeah, like it's yeah. I think we should probably no have some kind of like we should get Ed on some research stuff of the relationship between like quality discipleship and like breakfast foods consumed, right? Like Oh, there's I mean, a correlation for sure. Yeah, but these, I mean like yeah, who, who's starting dinner time discipleship groups? Nobody. It's nobody. breakfast, man. It's breakfast. <laughs> yeah, you got to be up early. Yeah, but but yeah. and those guys have relationships with them to this day and you That's know awesome. the, those are ones that that I know 20 years from now I'll be able to call up on the phone and 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 there there'll still be a relationship there. So that's that's really special to me. Man, and I think that's so good to hear you say because sometimes I think there's this great delusion that we just got to get a bigger group. We've just got to get a bigger group and more kids and a large student ministry. But everybody we've talked to on After 9, when we ask them what was like their favorite or their most important thing, it's always either like a student or a very small, tight-knit group of students that they got to minister or disciple. And so for all of the the effort and the, and, and the desire to like grow large and, and, and have, you know, multiple ministries and services and all these things, everybody with like, they're like, what, do you, what remains, like what sticks around, what, what's behind it's like three or less names, right? Yeah. Like it's, it's the, it's the half dozen or the dozen guys that they had breakfast with every week at Hardee's. And I just, um, thank you for sharing that, man. I think it's such an important thing to hear is, is that it wasn't, it wasn't, it, yeah, it was fun. It was the big activity, but it was also, it was a breakfast group, man. That's good. Yeah. That's good. But not everything that we remember about youth ministry is always good. Now, I think you can speak maybe a little bit more freely in this because you, you kind of transitioned in a different way. So you're not like in your current setting and like having to like maybe have an, a senior pastor overhear your interview. But was there ever or a particular night you almost quit youth ministry? Like you, you like got done either at a camp, a Sunday or a midweek, and you're like, yep, that was it. We're out. <laughs> Yeah, man, I, I did quit. So this I can answer okay. the question <laughs> okay. uh, really easily. Um, as an, I mentioned before, I interned right out of high school uh, and went through that process. And man, it was uh, one of the most horrible experiences in my life. Um, mm. Like I, I literally said, if if this is student ministry, I don't want to be a part of it. I'm just mm. going to be a small group leader. Uh, and I, I changed my major in college. I changed at that time I was at the university of Arkansas, woo pig. And, uh, I went to, <laughs> I changed my major to transportation and logistics. And, uh, that's when I started working at Sam's club. And like okay. I said, okay, I, it was a booming industry at that time, that area of the country with Walmart and yeah, JB yeah. Hunt and all that kind of stuff is a major transportation hub. And so yeah. I was like, okay, I'm going to go out here and I'm going to make a living doing whatever I can. Uh, and I'm just going to be like the best small group leader ever. And that's how I'm going to fulfill what I feel like God's calling me to do. Mm. Um, and so that went on for, uh, I think it was there two, two and a half years, maybe, okay. uh, maybe okay. three years. So it was somewhere an extended period of time where I just said, man, I'm not, I'm not doing student ministry. Mm. Um, and at all, I'll, I'll be the first to say 
man, I didn't handle my internship well on my mm. end. There were a lot of decisions that I made that weren't good. Um, there was a lot of bitterness that I allowed to get deep seated into my heart uh, about the situation that I was in. So I, I'll be the first to say it was my fault. I own it. Mm. Um, but at the same time, the kind of ministry that I saw, a uh, very numbers driven, a very, like I was told one time, uh, hey, you and the other intern go out to the park and don't come back until you have five kids lined up for baptism this Sunday. Uh, and so we went for a little bit and then went fishing. So, you know, like we, <laughs> that's what I mean. Like, I may not have handled everything the right way. Uh there was a lot of grunt work, not a lot of ministry that I was mm -hmm. able to be involved in. Um, and I look back on that time. I learned a ton about what the kind of ministry God was calling me to do. And yeah. I also learned a lot about myself that I was really quick to slip into pride and really mm -hmm. quick to slip into, and why am I doing all this grunt work? I'm supposed to be doing ministry stuff. And, and I, I learned, man, sometimes you got to set up chairs, dude. Like, yeah, you just got to. You, you're not above that. You're not bigger than that. And so, man, again, a lot of bitterness, a lot of pride just set in and I hung it up. Uh, and there was I remember going to uh, be a disciple now leader um, at a church in Texas for a friend. Uh, and it was through that disciple now and uh, spending time with that group of guys in a host home um, that God said, you know what, you're not called to just lead, lead a small group. And some people are, and that's awesome. And we need those people. Uh, but he, he just confirmed to me, like, you are called to be in student ministry, like for your life, like yeah. with everything that you do, like your vocation, your calling is that. Uh, and so I didn't want to, and, and didn't, I was like, man, I, I've been through that. God, like I, I don't want this numbers driven. Nobody cares about anything except people getting in the water and butts in seats. Like, I don't want that. Mm. And he just said, well, then don't do it that way. Mm. <laughs> so I was like, um, okay. Uh, and it was about a year right. later. Yeah. It was about a year later. And uh, God gave me an opportunity to go serve as a middle school pastor um, in Alabama. And that's how ministry started back up for me. And it hasn't been easy. And I've been at some of those churches that have really challenged what I say I learned as an intern and how I would handle doing ministry the way that God called me to do it in the midst of maybe a more numbers centric environment. Um, but he, he's been faithful and he's been good and it is exactly the right thing that I was, that I was meant to do. That's great, man. No, that's, that's good. And like I said, the story, the story goes on of like, you know, you did quit, but you couldn't <laughs> run away from the call. So you quit the job, yeah. but you couldn't quit the call. And that's, that's, oh, man, that's so good. That's yeah. so good. All right, man. So our namesake question, while we call it after nine, uh, the weeks that you were serving in and out ministry, the trenches, whether it was a Sunday or a Sunday night or a midweek or whatever, last kid is home, locking up, walking to your car, reflecting on the night. Where does your mind go? What do you ask yourself? Like, what, 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 are you, what are you thinking? What are you working through immediately after youth group stuff? Yeah. So I would say uh, for the first half of my ministry, uh, some of that uh, number centric kind of sunk in uh, subliminally. And I, I became um, a little bit of that. And so I, I would, I would begin evaluating how everything went based on, you know, how many hands were 
were raised or how many people came forward or uh, how many decisions happened and all those kinds of things. And, um, you know, that was a good night if there was a lot of movement in the room when we yeah. called for that movement to be, you know, like yeah. a lot of decisions, a lot of a lot of things happening outwardly, phys- like outward expression of what God was doing. Yeah. Um, and then. Uh, there would be moments where stuff like that wouldn't happen. Uh, and I would beat myself up over it and be like, man, I, I should have studied more or I should have done this more or I should have been more convincing here. Um, and then something great would happen and it would be like, oh, God really moved and God did this. Uh, but there was that little piece that was like, man, I, I really knocked it out of the park tonight, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and God just, and God just got in in my face uh, over the mm-hmm. years about that and said, you know, you're quick to say God did this yeah. when it was good. And you're yeah. quick to take ownership of it when you didn't see anything happen. Mm. And, and through a mentor of mine uh, in ministry at the church in Alabama, what I came to understand was if we take credit for things not happening and for God not moving, then there is something in us that is going to take credit when things go well. And just a reliance on the Lord to do his work. Yes, study your tail off because it's a stewardship issue and you're standing up to preach God's word for crying out loud. So like study like it matters because it really does matter. Yeah. But at the end of the night, God's going to do what he's going to do. He's the heart surgeon in the room, not me, regardless of how eloquent or lack thereof that I will be. God is the heart surgeon in the room. And it took me a while uh, to realize that and really come to grips with, you know what, this this thing really isn't about me. And and I like it that way. And it's better that way. Yeah. Uh, and that kind of flows then through... Um, from that point on, you know, the last half, uh, the last seven or so ministry years that I spent in the local church were really reflective of that kind of mindset. So the, the after nine uh, question, man, there, there were a lot of weeks that I was like, man, what did I do wrong in this? Like, how did this not happen this way? Um, and it's, I mean, you waste a lot of, a lot of years of your life stressing away, uh, when you think like that, it, you just, you put so much stress on yourself, so much pressure on yourself, so much extra junk. It's just not worth it because God's in control. And I know mm. like we preach God's in control, but then we don't live like it as, as yeah. pastors. <laughs> preach. I mean, it, it, it's true, right? It's so hard. And it's so hard because like, there's no amount of like verbal persuasion that you can put on someone to get that, right? Like mm-hmm. I mean, there, there is no shortage of sermons that say God is in control. Um, trust it. Um, but it does, it doesn't ring true until it rings true. Like, that's, I think that's like, there's some kind of like deep, deep art into the sermon stuff of like every week you have to be faithful to put it out there because it's faithful to say, and the response of the people is their chance to be faithful to what is said. And, oh man, that's good. That's because again, like that you could, you could say that every week. Like God is in control, but we don't live like it. And every week there would maybe be nobody, nobody, nobody until it actually like rings true in their life. And they're like, oh my gosh, this is so true. And you're like, it was always true. Yeah. (laughs) It was always true. Yeah. Well, and I think the issue there is that because we're, we're called to this, 
we have such a deep heart and soul connection to what we do that if we're not careful, we begin to find value in what we do rather than who God has made us to be. Uh, and so we, our value, we see our value and successfulness and effectiveness as a student pastor based on, based on what, how students respond and based on what decisions they make. And man, that's God territory. And, and we yeah. need, we need to find other measures, uh, to, to point to our effectiveness. Now, I think we should always evaluate. And, yeah. you know, if you go a whole year and no one's given their life to Jesus in, in your ministry, yeah. um, like, I think we should question that. And I think yeah. we should look at how we're preaching the gospel and what we're doing to point people to Jesus. Like yeah. healthy ministries have students come to know him, Yeah, but there's not a quota. Right. So, right. <laughs> well, that's, that's one of the jokes that Chad and I always make is the, the people that think in the mindset, like more butts and seats or whatever, like that never ends. Like if, yeah. if, if you're, if your goal is to have more than last week, then you like, Eventually, you just run out of students. Like, and like, anyway, it's just a, ugh, it's a terrible cycle. Yeah. Well, and and your ministry turns into like, so let's say you give away a car. Right. Uh, yeah. Okay. Which people? And what are you going to do done. next year? <laughs> yeah. Two yeah, cars. Which, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like I, you know, I'm I'm willing to do a ton of stuff to get lost people in a room. Yeah, giveaways are fun. But if that's if that's all you're doing is, yeah, if, is if that's your bag of tricks. <laughs> yeah. What are you going to do next year? Like eventually right. like a yacht. I mean, yeah. how, what are you going to do? So th- there's just, there are a lot better ways. Okay, Ben, that's all great. That's all wise. But if you had to go back in time and talk to first year youth ministry self, that guy working as a middle school pastor in Alabama, what would you tell him? Man. Um, Pay more attention to the kids that clearly don't want to be there. What does that mean? Say more. Yeah. So I, I think I think it's easy as a student pastor to love on and minister to the students who really want to be there because uh, they're the ones that run up to you and they're the ones who want to be around you and they're the ones that want to be at your stuff. And they're the, you know, they're like the cheerleaders of the student ministry. They're there every time the doors are open. Um, and so I would tell, I would tell first year self, love on and spend more time with the ones who don't want to be there. You know, like Mm -hmm. the ones that are riding their skateboards in the parking lot and flipping you off when you, when you walk in the building, like those kids. Yeah. 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 Um, And man, I guess another way to say it would, would be pay more attention to the kids that are hard to minister to. Okay. Okay. Uh, Because that's the hard work. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Do spend more time with those kids that are, that are on the fringes that, um, that don't know anything about church, that don't, that don't want to be there. They're there because their parents make them. Um, the ones who you go up and try to have a conversation with and it lasts two minutes and it's awkward and you're like, this kid hates my guts. Yeah. Uh, keep trying with those. Okay. Okay. And I, as a, if I'm allowed to give a, a B, like if I can give A and then B. B, a and B. I mean, if first year you is listening, then talk to him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would say listen a lot more than than I than than I talked. Okay. Uh, out, man, I came into student ministry and I thought, man, I thought I knew it, and I thought I had the <laughs> had best all the ideas. Way, yeah, yeah, the best way to do stuff and the best way for you to parent, even though like I was twenty two and have never done that. Like, come on, like yeah. listen, 
listen a lot more than you speak, I think okay. is, is the, is the B answer that I would give for that. Okay. No, that's good, man. And that's one of those, again, like we talked about a little bit earlier, like you can hear that over and over and over again, but until it becomes true, it's just going to, the phone's just going to ring. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, that's right. Good, man. That's good. Well, hey, man, youth pastors love good insight, but what they love more is practical tips, applications, things to download, try, buy. So before we close out our time today, what is one practical tip, application, or process that is making your time in youth ministry better? Or uh, if you were going to youth minister tomorrow at a church, you definitely do this, try this, buy this, uh, incorporate this into kind of your your ministry workflow. Yeah, this one has probably been been said by many people on After Nine before, but uh, I'm going to say it because I think it's so essential. Um, You need to spend more time with volunteers than you do. Well, Ben, give me give me a number. No, (laughs) no, you need to spend more. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Whatever you're doing now, it's more. Yeah, Um, plus three, whatever it is, plus three. (laughs) Exactly. Like, no, I I really believe. that volunt- training, leading, and recruiting the right volunteers uh, is is a key to leading a growing, healthy, effective student ministry. D- discipling volunteers. See, we get into student ministry and we think it's all about students and I'm going to spend time with teenagers. The reality is the more time you spend with adult volunteers and teaching and equipping them to spend time with teenagers, the more students your ministry will be able to disciple. And I believe this to the point that God will bless a ministry to the capacity that its organization can handle. Okay. Okay. So if, if you're like, I'm full of volunteers and I don't need any more, like I don't have any places for them, then you're going to be about at your ceiling. Okay. Recru- volunteer recruitment and, de- and development and training is an ongoing process. Now, again, I, I don't want it to sound like that's the magic bullet, you know, like this is, <laughs> if you do this, God is sovereignly bound to respond. Yeah, like, yeah. obviously that's not the case, but I also know that God cares about his people. And if we don't have a structure in place that is going to help the ministry care for and shepherd his people, yeah. then then I can draw a straight line to, man, maybe maybe this isn't going to be the time where you're going to experience growth. So yeah, yeah. constantly recruit, constantly spend time with those volunteers, turn them loose to disciple the teenagers uh, that you've put them in, in charge of and that you've put them kind of the under shepherd uh, with and, and spend more of your time there. Mm. You really will see benefit. And as you do that, uh, as you start new groups and more adults are able to come in and care for more students, I really believe uh, you're going to see growth in your student ministry. That's good, man. Well, and I think that speaks a lot to, I think a lot of people want to respond to growth, but I think there is something really deeply true organizationally um, from a leadership perspective vantage point that if we plan for growth, right? So like, like we, we don't try to increase the number of students there. We try to increase the capacity of students we're ready to receive and yes. then th- they find their way there, right? Like, and that's, and that's, and that starts so much with the leaders you have around in the quality and the diversity and the recruitment. Yeah. <laughs> Always be recruiting. <laughs> Is what ABR baby always be like if you haven't recruited a new leader this month, then congratulations, you have a job this week. Recruited a leader this month, (laughs) yeah. No, that's so true. Like, it's I have people all the time uh, ask, 
Hey, what is a, what is a work week need to look like for me? Like I'm going to plan that out. Like what am I missing? What? And I was like, well, how often do you recruit volunteers? (laughs) Well, I only have 40 in my student ministry right now. That's awesome. Great. Go get eight more volunteers. Like you see what happens. (laughs) Yeah. And you're, what you said is, is money. Like it, you plan for growth. It doesn't just happen. You don't, right. you don't, it's not just something you wait and respond to. Uh, very few places, growth just happens. Yep, yep. You plan for it. That's right. See, everybody's just trying to mimic that Pentecost model, man. Like they're, just, they're all reading that Acts story when 3,000 people showed up. Uh, but if you, I think if you read further, you realize that things kind of like got a little disparate and they had to kind of like re-engineer the plan, right? Like they had the big yeah. tent revival and then they had to go back and think, Hey guys, uh, you ever heard of a deacon? I think we got to have those. <laughs> yeah, we got people fighting each other. People are right, like neglecting right. one another. Like, what are we going to do? And right, right, right. There you go. Yeah. No, 3,000 got saved. That's great. Uh, and then we had to figure out what we were going to do. So the learning lesson is plan for 3,000. Don't respond to 3,000. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> Oh, ben. dude, thank you so much for coming on After 9 today. Uh, if folks love what you had to say or hated what you have to say and they want to like send you nice or mean or trolling messages, like how can they find you on the internet sphere or on the you know snail mail sphere? Or how can folks get a hold of you? What are you working on next? Uh, give, give us the next little bits for, for Ben Drew Plood. Yeah, man, it's been a joy to be on uh, on After 9 with you guys and hang out and uh, get to know you a little bit over the last uh, little bit here. Um, how you can find me online, at Ben Trueblood, is uh, Twitter. Um, so you can hit me there. And uh, same thing with Instagram, at Ben okay. Trueblood. Okay. Um, that, so that's in the interwebs. That's where I hang out. Okay, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Cool, man. Well, uh, dude, thank you again. Uh, super excited. Like I say, if you guys haven't checked out some of the things that LifeWay's putting out as resources, curriculum, I know for a lot of our folks, the, the, there's always that, like, which one of the products are you using for small group stuff? Um, there's some amazing conferences and camps, mission trip kind of activities. But Student Pastor Network is kind of the latest exciting yeah. thing. If you want to share just a little bit about that, I know it's it's kind of new. It's on the radar for some folks, but maybe just give us a little kind of like commercial for why Student Pastor Network is, is like the thing to check out this week yeah so it's just launched this uh this past september um it's online training and development uh platform for student pastors so it is directed straight at student pastors Uh, this isn't something like for your volunteers to go and watch and consume it is for you the student pastor uh to continue training and developing yourself as a leader of ministry and a leader of teenagers. And so all the content is focused straight towards that. We release uh, a video every week. Um, this is about a 10 minute training uh, session from anything on strategy to uh, things you need to be aware of um, security wise when you go do disciple now or when you go do camp or whatever, um, how to make sure kids are protected and all that kind of stuff. We actually had a, a law professor that is an expert in uh, child safety and church security. Uh, come in and do about a 30, 40 minute video for us on things that you need to be aware of for that. So we release a video every week, uh, one a month, and then one a quarterly and, and every quarter. And uh, the month ones are bigger than the weekly ones, quarter ones are bigger than the monthly ones. And that's how we, kinda go, how we go. There are free resources okay. involved with it as well. Um, leader recruitment packets and how to develop your own student leadership team. Uh, there's a whole Disciple Now download that comes with your curriculum and student Sweet. books and graphics and all that stuff. Uh, and then my favorite thing about it really is our small group coaching. So as an okay. annual member for the Student Pastor Network, 
you have the opportunity to sign up to be in a cohort style group yeah, of okay. eight people. And we walk through uh, eight weeks and just talk student ministry in a small group, bounce ideas off of each other. We have a, a, a really strategic curriculum that we walk through with everybody that's involved in that. Um, and then mainly it's it's building community within student pastors and saying, hey, I'm, I'm struggling here. Uh, I'm dealing with this. Had a win here. Let's celebrate. Um, so that's a, that's a fun piece of it as well. But that's the Student Pastor Network. You can find it at uh, studentpastornetwork.com. Cool, man. Well, Ben, thanks again for coming to hang out after nine today. Um, always a pleasure, friend. And uh, for all of our listeners at home, thank you so much for listening. And we'll catch you next time on After Nine. There you go. Episode 75 of After Nine. Lots of amazing links for you to check out in the show notes below. Sign up for the webinar. Check out the other podcast. Link to some of the things that Ben was talking about with the network and other resources. But again, thank you for listening. Rate, review, subscribe. We are so thankful for our hardworking, honest, and ever more healthy youth ministry community at After Nine. You guys are the best. Thanks. Thanks for listening to After Nine. To continue the conversation, find us on Twitter or Facebook at After Nine Ministry or visit www.afternineministry.com to subscribe and learn more.